It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teols. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're also on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at pinballprofile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. We go to Austin, Texas right now. You've probably seen these people once or twice, and if you haven't, you certainly should. Go to Fliptronic on Twitch, and that's where you'll find Rebecca Salem and Jordan Berger. How are you doing? Doing good. <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> it's nice to talk to you in this format. We certainly talk a lot, but it's usually through chats on Twitch because uh, very entertaining streams, and uh, especially considering you've only been doing this for a year. We are Twitch babies, but I think we're growing up a little bit. It's funny, in the podcast world, after about a year, year and a half, there's a little bit of fatigue sometimes with some podcasters, and they just kind of burn out or whatever, just aren't interested. The editing maybe takes its toll. Is it the same, or is it different for Twitch? Maybe more excitement after a year. I think it's definitely the same. I mean, we got to a point where we wanted to start exploring other things besides just pinball and go into like where we would make patches or turn a pen or <laughs> play other retro games. We have way too many hobbies, Jeff. That, that is a factor, too. We have way, 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 way too many hobbies. So I think that we're really lucky in that like Twitch is a great platform for sharing all the stuff that we do with a bunch of people on the internet. So I don't think we're we're burned out. I think we're just like, oh. We're pretty good on taking breaks if we need to, as far as if we're just going on vacation or we just don't particularly feel like streaming a certain night. I think it's nice that we get that leeway of we don't have to be, you know, sticking to our schedule 100% all the time. And people understand that. Yeah, people are cool. There's a large variety of pinball streamers for sure. But you're right. I think I've never seen anybody else nor be fascinated by a whole Twitch stream based on embroidery. It was mesmerizing. <laughs> you got that new machine, Rebecca, and it was spectacular. And you started making patches for just another pinball podcast. And you were doing it for some other friends. And you made me one and mailed it to me for pinball profile. I'm looking straight at it. It sits right on my wall right in front of me. I mean, I wish I could take all the credit for that, but it is Jordan. That's my machine. That is Jordan's <laughs> machine. So I actually have the first embroidery machine that we got picked up, and he's got the second better machine. I knew you. Okay, that's the confusion. I knew you got one, so I wasn't sure. So she, Yeah, she got my hand-me-down. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it goes. Let's talk about what that machine is, because guess who else is buying one? Hand up this guy. Oh. Really? What machine are you picking up, Jeff? The same one you have, because I've watched you. I've watched Emily from Colorado do some embroidery yep. as well. Is it the same one? No. no. Hers is way more expensive. She's oh, got, yeah. like, the Cadillac ah. of uh, embroidery machines. We have, like, the, the Ford Chipo. Fiesta. Yeah, like, it's, um, it's the, the entry level, pretty much. It's still pretty impressive. I'd like to know what it is yeah. so we can pass it along. I know it's a brother. I don't remember the model offhand. Uh, but I know it should be around like six hundred dollars somewhere around there. Yeah, a very reasonable price. Yeah. Emily's is one is one where if if it's you're got buying an LCD Emily touchscreen like giant iPad type thing, it's oh. the uh, LE version. Yeah. <laughs> Comes with a topper. Yep. Comes with a topper, you know, chrome armor, like all the all the goodies. Light show. Yeah, and hers is, I believe, uh, uh, Varna, maybe or no, she's got a brother. I think she has a brother. Yeah, she's got the high end brother, and those yeah. are like thousands of dollars. But they're they were really expensive. cool. They're very cool, and they do like 
really intensive quilting, whereas ours yeah. is like embroidery only. And like tiny patches. Yeah. She, she's got a larger area to work with. The reason I bring Emily up is because if you watch Pinball and Cancer 2 Journeys, the great stream from Norma Jennings out of Florida, uh, we all know Norma's story and we're all big fans of Norma. Emily made this incredible quilt of a lot of Norma's favorite Twitch streamers, yourself included, at Fliptronic, and some from across the pond, people in Australia. It was absolutely beautiful, very, very moving, too, for Norma to receive this, and the quilt was spectacular. I know we're talking pinball, but it was, again, this connection of the pinball community that you do on Fliptronic, that Emily, I think it's the unruly quilter she goes by on Twitch, and Norma Jennings, mm -hmm. and, and all this wonderful community. And what I love about you on Twitch, Jordan and Rebecca, is that you are very engaging with the community on the chat line, but also to maybe rating another group when you're finished your stream. It's just this never-ending community that we haven't really been able to gather because of the pandemic. And, and I thank you for doing what you're doing for over a year now. Oh, man. Thanks, Jeff. It's really cool. Um, I was actually talking to my mom about it. <laughs> <laughs> and how I would say pinball streaming has been able to give us the opportunity to get to connect with people like all over the yeah, world. We, we weren't involved in really a pinball community before the pandemic outside of maybe going to a couple tournaments locally. We knew we knew a couple, but not a lot. We weren't very deep into it until we no. started streaming and then it just kind of blew up from there. Um, but it's nice to now be more integrated into that community and hang out and talk to all these different people. But you give a perfect example of so many different people in this hobby of when they get hooked and it just grows and grows and grows because you've really been only in this collection for a little while and also to the competitive scene. Like, I feel bad for you. You were only in it for about a year and then the <laughs> pandemic yeah. happens and it stops. We were all together at Space City Pinball, the Houston Arcade Expo back in November of 19. And unfortunately, we didn't know each other at the time, but uh, I, I saw some recent streams and some videos. Hey, there's Rebecca. I guess we were at the same place. And <laughs> I saw Jordan. You were there as well, too. But right now, this is how we stay connected. And that collection that we've seen grow and grow on Fliptronic is just reminiscent of kind of my days of getting started in pinball and going from one machine to two to three to several. And <laughs> that's the case for you. Not only the collection size, but you will travel to go get some games. Yes. Yeah. Multiple times. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> two, two trips from Denver to Austin driving. One being a full round trip drive and one just uh, fly there and drive back. But... 3,000 total miles for just two pinball machines. Hey, they're really good pinball machines. They were both my holy grail machines. True. I mean, and it all ties back to like the whole concept of community. So I'll never forget, I think, Texas Pinball Festival. The first time we went, there was a machine called Bad Cats. And I am self-proclaimed obsessive cat lady. And Jordan's like, you got to see this. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I freaked out and was like, I have to have this someday. And fast forward, gosh, a year and a half later, and I've shared my story all over the internet with how one day I'm going to have a bad cats. And someone, Paul, who hangs out with Dope Panic Flip, messaged me on Discord because we didn't have our like radiuses set up that big. And he goes, hey, there's a bad cats for sale in Colorado. And I'm driving to San Antonio when this Discord message pops in. And I call Jordan and I'm just like, 
there is a bad cats in Colorado. Here is the listing. I am driving to San Antonio. Please, 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 please. Will you make this happen? And I ended up on the phone with a guy for a little bit and told him (laughs) our story and that we would be driving. And then he was ecstatic because he just wanted it to have a good home. And we worked out a deal where, you know, he would hold it for a couple of weeks and we'd eventually get out there and pick it up and it all worked out. Yeah. No question you love your cats. We sometimes see them on the stream with Guinness and Possum and Oliver. And uh, I've done a few of these podcasts where my cat, Freddie, has kind of popped in once in a while. In fact, I recorded some interviews for Pin Clash, and uh, Freddie made an appearance. He knew I was uh, getting ready to do these video interviews, and he's like, I'm going to sneak in there. Total photobomb. Oh, my gosh. They're amazing. They're amazing. Possum is currently asleep on one of Jordan's socks. And probably drooling on it because she's a drooling, disgusting monster. And I love her so much. And Oliver is hanging out in the window. He had dental work done. I didn't realize cats had to get dental work done. And then it was like, damn, that's like part of Amazingly, the pinball none, machine. none of these cats care about when we actually play pinball. No. Guinness will sleep under the machines, but he won't try and get on top and chase the ball or anything. And neither do Possum or Oliver, really. You know, I think that Possum likes the light show a little bit. She yeah. likes the she likes the the numbers in the LCD screen. I will say Possum really does like to watch pinball streams. She likes to sit on top of the PlayStation because the PlayStation's warm and then she just sits and watches chat scroll on the side of whoever is streaming. So shout out to any pinball streamer who has chat. Possum really likes to watch it. <laughs> Oliver doesn't care. More chat on Fliptronic to help out the cats, <laughs> but your other holy grail game, I can see the cats maybe being fascinated by a dragon or two. You finally got your Game of Thrones. I did. And oh my gosh, Game of Thrones. When I was dipping my toe into the competitive circuit, whenever I would end up assigned on the Game of Thrones at Buffalo Billiards, and if anybody is listening to this and they have done any of the tournaments at Buffalo Billiards, they will remember the Pinberg setup of that Game of Thrones where there were no rubbers uh, on the inlanes or the outlanes and lightning flippers. So when we were trying to rent machines to support our local businesses and we were like, well, what machine can we possibly get? And we asked for what Iron Maiden and Deadpool and Mm -hmm, those are both taken. Those are both taken. And I was like, Game of Thrones. I hate it so much. I don't know how to play it. I need to learn this game. So we rented Game of Thrones and I was obsessed I played probably like two or three hours, like every night, just plugging away at that game. Yeah, we ended up with that machine for what, three or four months? Uh, Maybe five? Yeah. And when Buffalo closed and then Jesse had to take it back, um, I was just like devastated. And I was like, I have to have one of these. I was okay with it because I finally beat Colin McAlpine's grand champion score on it. You did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It only took forever. It only took five months. Yeah. Glass on? Yeah, glass glass on. On. <laughs> there, it was on a stream. I think there's even a clip of it somewhere. Good for you. And then George was telling us, I'm going to buy a Game of Thrones. And I was just like, George, you're going to be done with this machine in three months. When you're done with it, it's mine. Like, it's not even, <laughs> I don't even think that, like, I asked. I think I just told. I was like, this is my machine. I hope you don't mind. And, you know, sure enough. He was done with it. Uh, Nick, the Pinsomniac, was a lovely godparent in the time where we had high COVID rates and we were hearing about vaccine rollout. So we just kind of like held off on going to go get it. But lo and behold, the week of my birthday, (laughs) we got to go and get it. And it is blinding and amazing. And I can't wait to never sleep again just to play it. I also don't know if you can hear my cat. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> she's just howling in the background. She's staring. She's demanding food. Really intensely at us. Let me tell you something about Game of Thrones. The game itself, when it first came out, I love Steve Ritchie games, so I was fascinated by the game. I really didn't understand it because I had never seen the show. So because of the pinball machine, I had to go back and watch the show. And obviously, I, I think I've seen the series twice uh, because the second time I said to my wife, I think you might oh, like I'm this. Sorry. And uh, <laughs> Oh, you didn't like you didn't like the series? <laughs> the, Not end. the end. The end. Oh, okay. Well, Jordan hasn't read the books. I read the books. Whoa. Yeah, and... I'm sure that we will get the last two books whenever we get a Pokemon pinball machine. <laughs> That's my optimism. You're going to get the prequels coming out soon. HBO's uh, released some teasers of the, I guess, House of Dragon. I think it'll be good. I hope it's good. I really do. The lore and the world building. I'm a sucker for lore and world building. And Game of Thrones did that so well. I think what makes Game of Thrones in particular, especially after the new code that came out, it's the only code that we've ever played because we're newbies, but it's a really great set of code to learn how to learn rules. And so Game of Thrones was like the first pinball machine that taught me how to learn rules on a pinball machine. And this is the pro I'm talking about. We're not talking about the premium with the upper play field, which makes things very confusing. <laughs> you had mentioned playing that at the old Buffalo Billiards, which is sadly now one of the casualties of the pandemic. But there is a new arcade in Austin that a lot of people are talking about. I know Robert Byers has mentioned Cidercade. You were only in this for a year, both you, Jordan, and Rebecca. Will you be jumping right back into it? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yes. Yes, 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 e yes. Even though we don't try to plan to, like, win or place or anything. Sure. Just Just the fact of, yeah, but just the fact of, <laughs> of going there and hanging out with other, you know, like-minded hobbyists. Talking shop about pinball is, is fun in itself, and going to competitions is the best way to do that, so... It's great. We, we've been on competitive circuits before outside of pinball. Uh, before we even dipped our toes into pinball, oh. we were going around to lots of board game conventions and playing different trading card game competitions. So we're not necessarily new to competitions themselves, but just for pinball. I am not allowed to play those card games anymore. Yeah. I am way too salty. Pinball, I think, is exempt from my saltiness, maybe. Maybe. Not Like, in a, in a tournament setting, I think I am less salty than I am, like... <laughs> Whenever we were trying to run pin clash challenges and then it's like a matter of like personal improvement. But I really loved uh, literally like three or four months before the pandemic hit. Austin uh, started its own Bells and Chimes League. And so that was a really, really, really fun time getting to do that as well. And I was like, I won once. I won like dollars. <laughs> but I was really proud of it. And I always like to tell Jordan, like, and he'll watch the match play as it's going down for all of those. But tournament settings are always really fun. Uh, and you get to meet lots of new people and, uh, you know, learn about, I would say it's, it's neat who, to learn. Who was it that you beat in a, a match on? Uh, what was it? Jeannie? Oh, yeah. My only claim to fame literally ever is, is that once upon a time, I beat Steve Bowden in a flip frenzy tournament on Jeannie because he tilted. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. I'll take it. And that's it. That's that's it. I've done it once. I would say I'm also really proud of uh, finishing, I think, like halfway in the pack of women in the uh, Bells and Chimes tournament, uh, Houston Arcade Expo, which was really, really fun. That was one of my top tournament experiences of my very limited tournament experiences. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of cool people, and I really enjoyed that. And you got to sit in that replica Viper from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, my God. That was amazing. Where's my Battlestar Galactica pin, you guys? 
I'll take classic. I'll take remake. Okay, you know, it's funny you mentioned Battlestar Galactica and where's that pin. You were in the gaming community before that. What kind of games would make for great pinball machines? Now, we've seen Monopoly. I know that's a classic game. Would Risk work? Would a good version of Clue work? Oh my goodness. Ooh, Clue would be amazing. Clue I mean, you've got Who Done It. You've got Who Done It, which is like close to a Clueish type game. Oh, for sure. Um, it would be neat to see some more integrated type games like how Safecracker worked, mm-hmm. where you have sort of a sub game kind of going on in the background. But yeah, there's tons of popular board games out there. Like you could probably get away with selling a Settlers of Catan pinball machine being yeah. such a generic like entry board game. Everybody for a lot loves. Of Settlers of Catan, mm-hmm. like real basic. I think if you really wanted to have some fun with it, you could. I think Gloomhaven would be really fun. Definitely, really niche. Yeah, or just an, in general, a new Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, absolutely! Please, please, and thank you. But only if it has Jeremy Irons in it. Um, <laughs> you know about my feelings about Jeremy Irons. It's funny because I have a friend named Mike Primo who runs Path of Play, and he's a huge, huge gamer. In fact, does 24-hour game streams and has the inclusion for his charity, Path of Play, for uh, people with family members who have autism. And it's really opened up my world to that kind of gaming community. When I hear you talk about some of these games, I know the names. I've never played some of these games and wish Mm -hmm. I could, but it really takes a lot of people to do that and like-minded people. But they're out there, and that's the great thing. I mean, I guess that's kind of how I got into pinball, too. I knew I liked pinball as a kid, but I didn't know there was this community. Saw one day on Facebook, oh, we're playing pinball. I'm like, what? Where? Wow. How? And I guess that's the great thing about the gaming community, whether it's pinball, whether it's board games. It's easy to find nowadays. Yeah, true. I'll never forget when Jordan was like, hey, so I want to get into pinball. I'm going to buy a pinball machine. And I was like, do for, it. For us, it all started from just a on the whim Craigslist purchase. And kind of spiraled out of control That's from there. really how it all happens, which True. is, oh, hey, let's buy this embroidery machine. Oh, hey, let's buy this pinball machine. Oh, hey, I'm going to get you that woodworking class so you can finally make a pen. And I'm like, hey, babe, can we get a lathe? And you're like, yes. It's amazing. What was the first pin? Oh, God. Uh, spring, <laughs> spring break, Gottlieb spring break, uh, which I found for $500. And uh, went and picked up, and it was in pretty decent condition. It was working and playing. Uh, the playfield just had some uh, worn out like insert text and everything. Mm-hmm. And so being sort of the mechanically inclined person that just wants to take everything apart, I'm like, I'm going to touch up this playfield and recode it. And I did exactly that. I tore it down to bare playfield, stenciled and repainted the vacation inserts that it spells out, cleaned up some ball swirls, and then uh, re-clear coated it, let it cure, put everything back together, LED'd it out, took it to Texas Pinball Festival, and sold it. It was the most pristine spring break you've ever seen, Jeff. (laughs) If you happen to have played one at Texas Pinball Festival in 2019, uh, that was the one that I brought. You mentioned a few of these hobbies, whether it's embroidery, whether it's making pens, whether it's games, whether it's pinball. You have another hobby that we also share. It's our love for horrible movies. Oh, yes. Oh. And nobody exploits them better than our good friend Manu Smith, who, Rebecca, by the way, you um, hosted the red carpet at the Reach Arounds for my other podcast, Final Round Pinball Podcast. So Manu does this great mystery pinball theater 3000, and on Friday nights, it's competitive bad movie riffing. And you two are absolute pros when it comes to that. We have a lot of practice. Definitely a lot of practice. We, <laughs> we got involved with another community here in Austin. So there's a troupe of comedians uh, locally that every Friday and Saturday would rent out a theater and 
based, it's either a movie that they prepared for, or they do this thing called Choose Your Own, uh, where people bring movies and try to pitch them to an audience, and the audience votes for them, and then they'll mock the movie, occasionally stopping in the middle of it to do a little skit based on, you know, whatever's happening in the movie or whatever. And they'll rotate some comedians in and out, but there's a core of one to two of them that are always mocking. And so uh, we got a lot of practice from watching them and also creating pitches to, to try and get these movies to win, which Becca is way more successful at doing than I am. What have I done? Like seven? I've won six. seven. You've won six, and are I've won sure? three. Yeah. Are you sure it's Positive. six? I think it's seven. Who won the murder she wrote? VR won. Uh, that was a one, um, of our one of our friends. And so they for the TV ones, they choose two episodes. Was one, that Aaron? No, that was uh, James. James. James, James Town. Yep. I came dead last in that one. And I had only done one before. One of Rebecca's wins I was playing along. And I thought, okay, I've got some comedy chops. And I've, I've done a few <laughs> things in my day. I was blown away by Rebecca and others in this, <laughs> in this riffing. It's so much fun. It can, I, it can be hard. It's hard. I beat Jordan in Time Cop um, last night. First round you did. First round and I then did. I beat Becca last round. Yeah, but that time you had a keyboard and you weren't typing on your th- <laughs> on your phone with your thumbs. I type all of those riffs in um, on News Theater. I am doing on my phone with my thumbs. Wow. And it is sweaty. Like I don't understand why my hands are so sweaty um but i have really disgusting sweaty hands which is, also, which is why you wear pin gloves i do they're, they're cycling gloves they're just like gloves but me one day i'm gonna have flipronic yeah, branded yeah. pin gloves and it's gonna be amazing for those with sweaty ass swamp but hands we, we to try and win with these movies for the choose your owns you have to do a lot of research as far as what makes a good mockable movie and then watching them and trying to take notes and create a pitch out of it and we've gone through so many movies that were like, this won't fly. Like, it's not going to be funny for anybody. we got to abandon it. And then there's, like, the gems where we think it's going to be really mockable. And we don't convince, like, the whole movie mocking audience that, like, it's a worthy movie. And you have to, like, keep coming back with it over and over again. Or you have to change your tactic or redo your pitch. And it's also fun just to, you just know. Just a whole other thing to compete in. We're not competitive at all, Jeff. None, not at all. <laughs> We've mentioned a few other content creators, Manu Smith, of course, with Mystery Pinball Theater 3000, but you've kind of been stockpiling a little list uh, for content creators to show a little bit of diversity, too. Do you want to explain that, Rebecca? Yeah. So after the Twippy uh, reveal videos came out, uh, there was a lot of discussion within, I would say, a diverse community about like really wanting to showcase, you know, and Jeff does an amazing, all Jeffs are great. So many great Jeffs. Um, but I think that one of the things that is really important is having diversity in the hobbies that we're in. And I see a lot of diversity, I think, when I play and when I play on location. And I started a list of female and uh, gender non-conforming uh, content creators. And that is Twitch streamers, that is uh, Instagram, that is, there are a few OnlyFans accounts that I have found. There are bloggers and YouTubers. And I would say one of the big goals I've had in just in general is having more diversity in the content that I consume. And I was really happy, actually, um, and really excited to find, you know, as much diversity as I did once I started, like, really delving into it. You know, I had a lot of help talking to other Bells and Chimes players because I can't consume all the content in the world as much as I would love to. 
And so I had a lot of help from other people within the community to gather all of these content creators to make this big, ridiculous spreadsheet so that once it's not riddled with typos, uh, there will be some sort of great document that I can give to people to have more access to diverse content for pinball. I think everybody should be able to have the opportunity to see people like them and people who share our lifestyles in our hobby. That's going to be a great list for a lot of people to check out all those different content creators. You can reach out to Rebecca and Jordan at Fliptronic ATX on Facebook, on Instagram, and also Twitter. And of course, watch Fliptronic on Twitch. I don't know if it was the first time I knew about Fliptronic, but it was definitely one of your most watched streams ever. And it happened in November when you decided to drive an hour south to What's Brewing and go and stream the first real reveal of Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> uh, was it you that sent me or I noticed it on I Facebook? I think I maybe? sent it to you. There was uh, an image that was basically saying uh, from Deep Root saying that they were going to be on location at What's Brewing to showcase the machine and its current progress. You know, I think it was probably in one of the Bells and Chimes groups that I was in because I'm pretty hooked into that. Yeah. And so I, I saw the image and I was like, well, hey, I wonder if we can bring our cameras and, and check it out. And I already had Steve friended on Facebook, so I pinged him and I said, hey, you know, all of our camera quality is pretty good right now. And I've got a rig that I can transport and stuff. Like, do you think we could come down to San Antonio, toss it over Raza and, you know, stream it for a little bit? They were like, yeah. And so, well, it was some back and forth as far as they were saying that the Internet, the Wi-Fi wasn't really good there on location. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, we've got hotspots we can use. We should be all right. Like, Becca's got one. I've got one. Like, we'll find a way, some way to get some bandwidth through. This is the way? <laughs> Sorry. And uh, <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, you know, here's our current camera setup and, and the rig, and we'll bring it all down. We'll, you know, I'll, I'll handle it all. You just got to give us the okay. And uh, they eventually said, yeah, sure, just bring it on down, and here's the time that we want to do it at, as long as you can limit yourself to, you know, like an hour or two, and then uh, clear it out so other people can get a chance to play it. And I was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Like, we're probably not going to play much ourselves. We just want to capture other people playing it and see what it's like. We just wanted to get, like, the internet to see the machine that we get to play. Like, we're in yeah. the middle of a pandemic. Nobody can get on planes and fly down to San Antonio and play this thing. We and, just wanted to share the experience. And we know? got down there, and, and I set up all the equipment and uh, checked the hotspot connection. And it wasn't as good as we wanted, but it was good enough. Um, and at least it was mostly stable, I think. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there's a couple... Things that I learned to improve in case something like that happens again. It was a great learning experience. It was a great learning experience. <laughs> I think having our, our lav mics would have helped a lot better uh, that we currently have, but we didn't have that sort of microphone set up back then. So there was a lot of kind of background noise and it was hard to really focus in and balance things. Um, and it was just a lot going on. So for me, it was just like a really, really crazy night. Yeah, I just drank coffee. Um, and played pinball and that was fun. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was crazy. It was, I would say the responses when we were like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And people were like, yeah, wait, what? It this just kind of like blew up and went out of control. But the nice thing is, is it kind of proves also that, you know, it's not particularly the, the person that makes the reveal stream. It's just, I think just the community in general. Cause I mean, nobody really knew about us at the time, I would say. And we still got hundreds and hundreds of viewers yeah. to watch just on par, you know, with any other reveal stream from anybody else. Right. People like new toys. They like to see the reveals. No question about it. And you having Raza was definitely a big tip of the cap to uh, Fliptronic. I still can't believe they let us do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think you're being critical too of yourselves because I thought the stream was fantastic, but I didn't realize behind the scenes, you know, the hot spots and everything else you had to do to, to yeah. make that happen. And it wasn't like it was exactly next door. You, you'd have to drive an hour south. So thank you again for doing that. Now you've learned some tricks of the trades. Sometimes you can't really do anything like this past winter. All of us were feeling for certainly Austin, Texas and other parts of your state with the, the power grid issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Any long-term damage from that? Because I know some people's pipes were freezing and things like that. Yeah. Thankfully, not for us. Becca was pretty lucky and fortunate. Uh, her house is on the same um, grid as a hospital. So you, I was you never lost power. No, I had heat and water. And so it was... My house was not so lucky. No. Uh, I mean, well, the house itself is fine. But I was not on a grid that shared with a hospital, even though there was like a... Elderly care facility not too far away that uh, let a hotel stay up that was within walking distance of my house. That's where I ended up staying. But my house was without power for ninety hours, eighty hours, eighty hours. Like but no, no, no damage happened. I turned off the pipes. Uh, you know, I drained everything, and everything uh, when I turned it back on was fine. He called me at like two o'clock <laughs> in the morning to be like, "Hey, my power is out," and I was like, "Do you want to come over? Like, do you want to get here?" And you're like, "No, it's just rolling blackouts." And we're like, "Okay." And this is, you know, what happened all over the city was as rolling blackouts turned into eighty plus hours. So in retrospect, mm-hmm. you know, I would have been like, "Get turn all your water off and get here now." And then you know, all the snow came in. We have no infrastructure to clear that snow, by the way. Oh yeah, no, um, no one here has four wheel drive. Really, we don't have snow chains to toss on our tires. Uh, they don't really salt the roads, so nothing. So then my could be phone done. rings at six thirty in the morning, and Jordan is saying, "Rebecca, I am. I still don't have power. I'm in my closet with all the blankets and Guinness. And if I don't make it, I want you to know that I love you." And I'm like, "Jordan." Kind of like a Jack speech at the end of Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm like, "You're gonna be fine." I mean, I woke up a little panicked and delirious. Yes, (laughs) you're going to lose your cell phone battery if you're not careful. So I'm going to start calling hotels. And so I think within five minutes, I had called the hotel up the street, confirmed that they had power and water. It was walking distance in case the truck didn't make it and had Jordan a hotel room, which did eventually lose water. But that was a whole other bless your heart experience. That was a week. That That was was a week. That was a week. Let's hope that is a thing of the past too, because that was a nightmare that no one should have to endure for sure. And we need the power because we need to see Wavy Gaga and some of the other Fliptronic (laughs) characters. (laughs) Oh, Wavy. She's so great. Yeah, that started, I think that started Wavy. So the two men started, I think it started when we did, you know, it's funny. It was on my birthday last year when uh dead flip was doing the like tournament the jurassic park international yeah streamer tournament stuff which landed on my birthday and it's really funny because then i didn't know like i feel like i know like half the people that were streaming in that thing now that i didn't know when it initially happened and uh, we were doing that and Again, we're not the greatest of players. We are newer to this. And uh, I think at some point I got compared to a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-failing tube man. Well, they're saying you danced like uh, D from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when she imitates dancing like a tube man. Yeah, and then somehow a year later, this has turned into we're just, we're just leaning into the wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-failing tube man gig. And Jordan was like, we should get one. And it was like, Yes. Okay. Sure. And there she was. 
Yes, you have the wacky inflatable tube man, no question about it. But you've also got the emotes too, and they're they even have names. The three characters. Mm-hmm. There is, and what was funny is we did a stream and we crowdsourced all of our names. So we have Wavy Gaga, which is the green one. Yes, Flail Earnhardt Jr. Nice, which is the red one. Yes, the red yeah. one. And then the yellow one is a Tubularone, like the candy bar. Well done. You'll have to check them out on Fliptronic. And when do you stream? It's kind of a loose schedule, isn't it? Uh, no, I mean, we try to stick to a, a legitimate schedule. So our typical schedule is uh, Tuesday nights from uh, 8 to about 10 o'clock, 10.30 Central. And then Thursday nights, we stream 7 to about 9.30 Central. And then Sunday, we'll stream from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central. Central. We want to try to do like a late night stream every now and then, which we haven't done because we're old and lazy. But we're, um, we're about 80 to 90% on that schedule. Yeah. And a great variety of games, too. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, my gosh. We're constantly changing things up. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, How many? Let's see. I have I should look at my pin side stuff because I think I've gone through maybe 20 to 30 games in the past year. And we're still continuing to change our lineup. Like, we'll probably be getting that Mandalorian. You, anybody want to buy an X-Files? Or we, we are selling. The, I'm prepping the X-Files to sell now, by the time this airs, it may be gone because that's a sought-after game. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. I know some people that love that. <laughs> I ended up trading <clears throat> our Godzilla uh, for that, uh, plus some cash. I got some cash on my end, so that was nice. But Godzilla, we had kind of beaten, oh, so to speak. I forgot about Flash. I shouldn't have forgotten about Flash. Yeah. You're going to have to update your hardware on your Fliptronic Twitch because it doesn't even have Game of Thrones or TNA. True. Uh, we go through them so, yeah, so fast. Pinside is on he TNA. needs to update the profile. <laughs> yeah, I bad, could update the profile. I'm, I'm good about updating Pinside. I'm bad about updating our Twitch profile. Yeah, there's even stuff on here I'm looking at right now. I need to remove some things. But what I've been trying to do personally is rotate through as many games as I can to figure out what I actually like and what I want to sort of have as bolt downs, so to speak. Because I haven't, I've only gotten my hands on, you know, so many games in the past two years. So I'm trying to like catch up on that experience that everyone else has to know, you know, which games have what quirks or how easy they are to beat or how hard they are to beat. I had always heard, you know, Simpsons Pinball Party was this, you know, amazing game with deep code. Like the one or two times I got to play it at TPF and not knowing anything about it, I was like, okay, some of these shots are cool. I don't really get it. I don't know what's going on. And it wasn't until, you know, we did a temporary trade with somebody and had it for months that I got to actually dive into it and understand it. And it just becomes this whole different game that is now I get the hype kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? And so I'm trying to do that with all these different machines that I can get my hands on. You've done so well in such a short time. And again, people can check you out on Fliptronic on Twitch. Rebecca, Jordan, always a pleasure to talk to you. And I will talk to you in chat just to get the cats going crazy. Oh, yes, please. They love a good strolling chat. All the best. And we will talk soon. Hopefully, maybe even see you in Texas when these borders open up. And uh, keep on streaming. Keep on flipping. And uh, get back to those competitions because you're just getting your feet wet. And uh, very, very fun to meet different people. And because you're streaming now, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, I know you too. I'm looking forward to that, honestly. It'll be it'll be fun. It has been a really interesting experience. And I got a little bit of a taste of the competitive juices. I, uh, we went out to a local arcade, uh, the Hangout Pinball Lounge uh, that just opened up in Taylor, Texas. They were running like a game of the month thing. And I got to GC on Adam's family. So that nice. was great. Jordan, Rebecca, all the best. We'll talk to you soon. Thank Thanks, you, Jeff. Jeff. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on Pinball Profile, all your subscriptions and past episodes. We're also on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Teolis. I'm